Do you ever find yourself feeling insignificant in the world? For many, that question feeds depression, especially this time of year as we transition into winter. It can deepen feelings that you're not important or not making progress in your day-to-day -day life. Perhaps worse, it's in our nature to value ourselves in a very external way. For us to feel like we're good enough, we need to make sure we have the best job, the best car, the best education and family. The list goes on and keeps growing longer. The ugly truth, though, is even if you talk to someone who has done everything on your list, you'll find they've added even more things to the end of their list. You can't ever find significance in personal accomplishment. That begs a very interesting question, however. Where does our significance come from? How can we be significant? This is Christ is the Answer, and I'm your host today, Robin Monks. Today, I'd like to invite you to join us as Pastor Randy Crozier talks about significance and helps us put our significance in perspective. Here's Pastor Randy. My emphasis this morning is on the statement, before you were even born, I set you apart and I appointed you. So God had a vision, in this case for Jeremiah's life, before Jeremiah ever steps upon the scene of the world. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, a very famous verse says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and uh, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I've got plans for you. And then in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, um, you made all my delicate inner parts. And this is David speaking to God in the psalm about himself. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Isn't that amazing? That according to the word of God, his interest in us, it actually, the truth is his interest is, it predates our, not even, not just our birth, but even our conception. But, uh, so here David begins to speak about God's engagement with him in the womb. And he says, uh, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Now listen to this. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You knew me, you were engaged in my physical development, but more than that, your omniscient foresight extended all the way to the end of my days and every step in my life was pre-known. God's got a plan for each of us. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 24, Paul is writing, and this is a more extended passage, but I want you to get the context. He said, for I would have you know, brothers that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. See, I was going somewhere. I was, I was ahead of most everybody. 
because of the zeal that I had for the way that I had chosen to walk in life. But then he says this, but when he who had set me apart before I was born and was called by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So Paul says, here I am in life and I am going full bore ahead on a path that I thought was appropriate, the way that I had selected for myself. But God in heaven had predetermined, he had ordained in the past, he had set me apart before I was ever born to a role. And that's the road I'm on now. That's the way that I am following now. Now, based on scriptures, well, let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, would you, Lord, uh, send each and every one of us an enablement of the Holy Spirit to receive truth and allow that truth to bring transformation into our hearts and our lives this morning that we would grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let the enablement, the anointing, the blessing of the Holy Spirit extend upon us, extend to us all in Jesus' name. Amen. So based on those scriptures that we've just read, that you've heard, uh, we know that God has made each and every person for a particular path and for a particular work. You know, you may feel inconsequential in the world. You may feel like uh, you're not uh, very significant. But before you were born, God had a purpose in mind for you. Before you were born, he who sits upon the circle of the earth, the author and the creator of everything that is, had already established in the divine mind something for you to do. And that makes you remarkably significant. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I, I mentioned this one time. I, when I was a kid, just a young fellow, I remember that there was an article in the newspaper about the National Museum having purchased a painting. It was a big painting, and on this painting, it was just white. The whole thing was white. And in the middle of the painting was an orange block, pretty much the color of that. That's all there was to it. Any Sunday school kid could have done it. But the United States, the government of Canada, in its infinite wisdom, paid well over a million dollars to acquire a great big white canvas with an orange blob in the middle of it. Now, intrinsically, it was worthless. I mean, worth no more than the canvas that it was on and the frame around it, really. I mean, there was no particular artistry in it. It wasn't anything that you looked at and said, wow, that is unbelievable. The only reason it was worth what it was worth is because of the person who painted it. That person was of renown. I don't know what else he had done. I hope it wasn't all that simplistic, but... For some reason, he was a person of great renown. And because he had painted it, it was worth that much. In and of itself, worthless. But by association, or rather because of its association, it was of tremendous value. God has a purpose for you. God, he who sits upon the circle of the earth and the author of everything, has in mind something for you. And that makes every one of us, no matter how we feel about ourselves, that makes each and every one of us significant here in this world. That makes us individuals of consequence. And that's something that we need to allow to sink down into our spirits. Before you were born, God set you apart and appointed you to a path, to a work, to a purpose. 
Before you ever came into the world, he had plans for you. Plans that would prosper you, that would not harm you, that would give you a grand, glorious, and magnificent future. Now, I don't mean a future of wealth. I mean, that could be the case too. But I don't mean that it's going to be a materially abundant future. What I mean is that if we find that path, if we walk that road that God preconceived and go that way, then our lives will experience a richness that is otherwise absolutely impossible. You could enjoy every conceivable advantage in the world. Every break could come your way. But if in the course of all of that, those advantages and those various and sundry breaks that you experience, if they do not go down or happen to you on the path that God appoints for you, you are missing out. There's something that is deficient or absent from your life. Before you even left the womb, every single day of your life was recorded in God's book, and there was a path laid out for you. Now, here are two more things that are uh, of significance. Number one, these two additional things that we should be aware of is that the desire to be on that path and to do that work has been installed in the heart of every human being. Now, I don't mean that every human being is chomping at the bit to do the will of God, at least not consciously, but in that every one of us has been created to a purpose, at least on an unconscious level, there's something in us that moves intuitively whether we're in the groove or whether we're out of the groove. And the outcome is that, uh, and I guess this is the, the second of these two things, you really can't, number two, experience a sense of significance, contentment, peace, or joy outside of that path or when you're not doing that work. So whether we're believers or unbelievers, we spend our lives trying to connect with it. Intuitively, we know when we're not on the path. Intuitively, because it's been installed irrevocably inside of us, a purpose that God has for us, we know when we're not doing the right work. So what happens is people spend all of their lives seeking that purpose and ultimately seeking a sense of significance. Because you see, uh, there are a lot of ways that we're different from animals, other animals. Uh, for one thing, animals are simply wired for survival. That's the fundamental driving force, is personal or individual survival and the propagation of the species. Survival. That's what a, 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 the common creature is organized for as far as their being. But you see, as human beings, we crave more than simple existence. As human beings, we crave uh, or, or we need more. We're built for more. We're designed for more than to simply exist. And so we need uh, a compelling answer uh, to the question, survival for the sake of what? Why are we here? What are we doing? And what gives us significance? We need significance. We're meant to be significant. We're meant to be purposeful. We need a sense of significance. We need a sense of purpose. And so we search for it. Problem is that when your highest goal in life is personal comfort, or when your number one priority in life is your own status, or to achieve security for yourself, when those things are what drive you and those alone, and that's often the case in society, as people search intuitively for whatever it is that would give them significance or whatever their God-given or designed purpose is, what happens is we fall into alternative ruts that don't satisfy. And Well, if I can achieve comfort and status and if I can get security, that that's going to give me what I'm looking for, but it never works. And what happens is we just continue to live in the shallow places 
of life, the places uh, of, of little consequence. And we never find ourselves sufficiently motivated to run whatever risks that it takes to achieve soul-level satisfaction, soul-level significance. You know, we spend, as I said, so much time searching, searching, searching for these things. It's a basic human need, the need to feel significant, the need for purpose. Every soul demands it. It's crucial to being a complete or whole or even a fully realized human being is that sense of significance and purpose. Um, I like adjectives, and I always think that the more adjectives I can apply to something, that the, the, the clearer it becomes in my own mind, and so I often drop them on you. But, you know, when it comes to a search for significance and a search for purpose, uh, it, it is so crucial uh, to becoming whole or complete. Our soul so demanded that it's urgent and it's indispensable and it's necessary, it's key, it's vital, it's imperative, it's mandatory, it's compulsory. You get the picture? We need to feel significant. We're made to be significant. You know, that's not hubris. That's not pride. That's a matter of design. God made you to be significant in the world. And your soul demands it. And so we, we look for it. And so here we have all kinds of people you know, struggling with these universal human craving and out there looking for whatever it is that's going to give them significance. And whether consciously or unconsciously, we, we, we just are on a quest. And the sad fact is that for most people, their search is not going particularly well. Sometimes it degenerates into you know, seeking some kind of purpose and a nirvana, an experience beyond myself, and maybe liquor is what gives it to me, or I suspect that it might be. And so maybe if I get drunk enough, that maybe in that state, that heightened or elevated state that out there, I'm going to find something that's going to give me that sense of meaning, that significance, that sense of purpose, that meaningful quality to my life. Or maybe it's drug dangerous pursuits, like jumping off of cliffs, or I don't know, but we, we look for it, and we don't find it. And as a result, there are more people in the world who feel insignificant and purposeless than there are people who feel significant and purposeful. And it, it isn't just outside the world. Now, I would guess, I, I hope it's true, that in the church there's a higher percentage of people who do feel meaningful and do feel purposeful and do feel significant because they've connected with the Lord. But even in the church it's problematic where people are struggling with this, you know, sense of why am I here and what significance have I and what purpose do I fulfill or what role do I play? How can I find some meaning in my heart and in my life? Feelings of insignificance and purposefulness are so destructive. You know, those feelings of insignificance and feelings of purposelessness are behind a great deal of ruin and destruction in the world. Because when people feel insignificant and when they feel purposeless, not only do they perhaps gravitate towards things that are self-destructive, like alcoholism or drug abuse or just relational abuse, just engaging in sexual promiscuity or whatever it is, or radical pursuit of wealth to the exclusion, whatever it is, what happens is those patterns are self-destructive. But that kind of self-destruction that stems from feelings of insignificance or purposelessness, are, they're not confined to what we do to ourselves. We bring ruin into the world. People have started wars because one person of great power or influence or a group of people with power and influence were looking for something that was going to give them a sense of purpose and meaning, maybe power. 
If we had power, if we had more land and more authority than anybody else, maybe then we'll feel significant. And they wage war. They, they, they do harm to others. These feelings of insignificance and purposelessness are tragic. But, but here's the, the real tragedy, the real irony, is that in spite of our feelings, in spite of the insignificance that we sometimes struggle with, we have true value. We have true significance because he who sits upon the circle of the earth crafted a plan for us. Because we're meaningful in his eyes. So then the burning question becomes, where do you find or how do you discover, discover a sense of true value? How can you come to an end of your search and acquire a sense of purpose, a sense of significance, a sense of worth, a sense of meaning? Number one is to go back to where we started. Hear what the word of God says. That from the very very beginning, before you ever exited the womb and became present in the world, God was already involved in your life. And you know, you may be here this morning, and maybe um, you are not a believer. Maybe you don't even know what I mean by that, so I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's pretty simple, is that Jesus Christ came into the world to die in order to close the broken relationship between uh, mankind and God, between you and him, between me and him. And we had all kinds of uh, misdeeds, sins that we had committed that were violations of the holiness of God. And there was no way that an infinitely holy God could communicate or relate to us because we were so dirty. But in his love, in his infinite love, he said, I've got to do something. And so he sent his son to pay the penalty for all our misdeeds. Jesus Christ died for us. And so then we, we can step into our relationship uh, with him. And that's square one to beginning uh, to discover whatever that in original purpose God had for you, whatever that was. On top of remembering what the Word of God says relative to God's initial engagement with us and how that from the very beginning He was engaged in our development and then He has a plan for us, remember this too, that you are made in the image of God. That's what the Bible says. You're not. This is the thing in a general sense that sets us apart uh, from all other creatures, unlike them, we are made in the image of God. And thus, we're created for great things. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky. And it goes on. And then in Genesis 5 and 2, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God, and he created the male and female. He made them in the likeness of God. That's a special quality. That's a, a, a value that no other creature, creature has. Absolutely no other creature. And it gives us a value. Genesis 9 and 6, it says, whoever sheds man's blood... By man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God. You know, that's why the Bible says that a man who knows God will treat, treat his beast better. So this is not licensed to treat animals cruelly, because those who know God will treat their beasts better. But you can't murder bunny rabbit. You can't murder, and I love dogs. You've got to know that. I love, you can't murder a dog. 
It might feel like murder, but you can't. Why is it not enshrined in law? Well, more and more these days it is because we're losing sight of who God is and who man is. But historically, you know why? Because only man is made in the image of God. And that gives us a tremendous value. And so we reflect on the fact that God was engaged in our development from the womb. He he has a plan for us. We're made in the image of God. Uh, And the value that God places on us, and here's the third thing that really underscores it, is that, that our souls are so priceless. Our souls are of such infinite value that God sent his only son into the world to die for us. God died for us. You just can't get more valuable than that. But God demonstrated his own love toward us, Romans 5 and 8. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Peter 1, 18-19, knowing that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You cannot have paid more for anything than God paid for a single soul. That makes us so significant. That makes us so meaningful. Jesus Christ sees every human being as incredibly, incredibly valuable. And you know, his outlook is is colorblind. Jesus does not see ethnicity. He doesn't see cultural background. When, when Christ looks at us, he doesn't feel, he doesn't see male or female. He doesn't see young or old. He doesn't see rich, poor. He doesn't see educated or uneducated. He doesn't see brilliant over not so brilliant. He doesn't even care if you smell bad. He just sees something of absolutely staggering worth to him. Intrinsically, we are abs, we're just, a, we're, you know, fool's gold is probably worth more than we are intrinsically speaking, materially speaking. But God values us. And so we are, for that reason, we are significant. He sees past all of our rights and wrongs. And so here it is. I'm going to have to stop here and, and, and this evening. I'll resume somewhere along the way. But here's the thing. You are treasured by God. You are treasured by God. And I should just uplift you. If you're feeling under somebody's foot, if you're feeling under the 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 heel of the circumstances of life, if you're feeling worthless, if you're feeling inconsequential or meaningless or insignificant, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. I've, this is the third time I've told you about a lie today, this morning. And because what does the Bible say about the devil? He's a liar and he's the father thereof. It was his first strategy in the deception of man and he's still lying. And if you think that you are inconsequential and meaningless, it is a lie. The book from start to finish underscores your infinite worth and value. You are significant because you're significant to God and what's more he's got something for you to do 
And while there's a specific purpose, before you understand the specific purpose, you need to understand something about the general purpose of God that goes to everybody. And there are three general elements of the overall purpose of God that he has in mind for every one of us. We bow our heads just briefly. If you're here this morning, and number one, if it happens that you do not know Jesus, well, let me put it this way. Let me start this way. If you feel insignificant, if you're struggling and you feel like you're just a purposeless, meaningless, inconsequential, and significant human being, it's a lie. And if you don't know Christ, the first thing you need to do is you need to establish a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, the realities of these things become open to your heart and your mind and your spirit in a way that you're just, your mind on its own is never going to embrace. You've got to be in that relationship with God through Christ. And if you're here this evening, as rather this morning, and you're struggling with insignificance, but you don't know Jesus Christ, then I admonish you, you need to know Jesus. And that is so simple. You just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I want to be saved. I recognize that I violated against you, and I just want to be in a relationship with you. So I put my faith, my confidence, my trust in Jesus. And as we pray at the end of the service, if you do that, then you can have a relationship with him. And if you're here and you do know Jesus, Jesus, but you still feel insignificant. You do know Christ, but you still feel inconsequential. Then remember that in the, the beginning of your existence, God was engaged with you personally. He was overseeing your physical development. He had a plan for you. You are made in the image of God, and Jesus Christ died for you. You are so valuable. And if you're struggling with that, my prayer for you will be this morning that he open your mind. Is there anybody who is you're in either of those categories? You, you feel insignificant and you don't know Christ and you want to know him. Or you feel insignificant, you do know Christ, but you need him to open your heart to these truths. So this morning, I'm going to pray. And I'm gonna, as I pray, I'm going to dismiss the service because I'm already like seven minutes over. And so I'm going to pray, but as I pray then I'm going to pray a dismissal, Lord, for every hand that was raised. Lord, I believe there was at least one person who didn't know you. Lord, for every hand that was raised, for that person and all the others, Lord, would you do a work by the Holy Spirit this morning. Through the agency of your word and by the power of your spirit, would you begin to bring a sense of meaning and purpose and significance into their hearts and their lives. Beginning, Lord, if necessary, with a renewed relationship with you. Or going on, Lord, to the Holy Spirit working in every heart. We ask you, Lord, to do these things this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless each one as we dismiss this morning, as folks go their different ways. Keep us in your grace and your power. and Use us, Lord, to be your witnesses. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that by the end, you are able to recognize your significance. It's a powerful realization to remember that God has made you, and that makes you significant by default. You don't need to prove that out to anyone. What you do next, though, with that knowledge is important, and I'd invite you to listen to more of Pastor Randy's recent messages to help guide that exploration. You can listen to an archive of those sermons on our website. Go to seaviewfullgospel.com and click on the podcast link 
to listen to our archive, or subscribe and receive new episodes on your phone or tablet automatically every week. We also appreciate it when you share this radio program or our podcast link with friends to help them discover us and, hopefully, also discover Christ through the program. Christ is the Answer is a production of the Seaview for Gospel Church in beautiful Back Bay, New Brunswick. And if you ever want to get in touch, you can do that on our website or by calling the church office at 506-755-3592. Have a great week, and remember, Christ is the Answer.